Hey everybody, I had a fun time talking to my friend Drew Keen about the movie Rockstar for this first episode of the Music Movies Podcast. What's a music movie? Well, it's still up for debate, but I think it's just any movie that some way revolves around performing or appreciating music. I'd be lying if I said the rewatchables and big screen sports weren't a huge inspiration and template to follow for this podcast. But as Billy Corgan has said, you couldn't write better songs than the Beatles, you couldn't be heavier than Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath, you couldn't be cooler than Cheap Trick. There was no way you were going to top that. So all you could really do was try to rip off what you liked about it and sort of throw it back at people in a different way. It's a little rough, but with that, I give you the very first episode of the Music Movies Podcast. Where'd you go? There you are. Oh, okay. There we are. All right. So, never done a podcast before, have you? Uh, no, but this is a terrible way to start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have I have a, my my notes called "Live the Dragon" because that's what he says like a first line of the movie. He's like, I used to like I, I live the dragon. I live the dragon. Yeah. Well, he's like, I, yeah. I, I, I wear all their clothes. I live the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> so you and I, we have known each other for a while now. We played in a band for like, what, six years? We played in a band for, we played in, for, yeah, let's say, let's call it six, seven years. I think, well, we, we've known each other forever. Pretty much. Since we were like 12 or something. Uh, and since 12, yeah. You're 145 now. I'm 30. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've been for at least 16, 17 years. Yeah. But when we played in the band, one of our go to movies, I would say, is Rockstar. Whether it came to, I don't know, making jokes about it or quoting it or whatever. But it was one of those movies I feel like we definitely brought up from time to time and uh that's why i thought this would be a good movie to pick out and start start out with especially with you because i knew you for i do i know you not i knew you i know you um but we have a a base to go off of so this first segment i'm going to call it did you know okay because it's a little bit of trivia yeah, with this movie known as Rockstar, all right? Um, you probably, yeah, well, so did you know, this is a simple one, Wahlberg doesn't do his own vocals in this one. Did you he figure that? Not. I I knew that, and a guy named uh, Jeff Scotto Soto is the guy that does his vocals. So it's like a, I read Millie Jenko Matijevich. I don't know why. No, Are you it's, sure? I'm. Google that. I looked it up before this, and I'll okay. look it up again. Because there's, I mean, there's more than one guy filling in that role of the Steel Dragon singer. So there might have been a couple dudes that were the voice. You know what I'm saying? Like one guy could have been Bobby Beers, and then the other guy could have been Mark Wahlberg's right. dude. You know what I mean? 
And then there was a guy so at the end that filled in too. It's the two, so it's two guys. It's the uh, Mojekovich, Machevich, that you said, and Jeff Scott Soto are both the gotcha. singers. Okay. Yeah, I so thought. We'll, and then, well, at the, at, the, at the end of the movie, that guy, at the guy he brings on stage is Miles Kennedy. And Miles Kennedy is actually him singing. He's actually a what? Miles Kennedy. He is a, he's in a band, he was in that band Alter Bridge with uh, Mark okay, Tremonti. Yeah. And he he sings with Slash now. Yeah, it's like, singing with Slash is pretty cool, but Alter Bridge that band is no, garbage. It's not cool at all. Not a good. Not that cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my next note I got here: uh, the movie was a huge bomb. Did you hear? Did you know this? I didn't know that until you sent me the Rotten Tomatoes page. <laughs> and now, like when I watched the movie again today, I was like. You know, I can see it. It's like, it's a pretty good movie. Not not great, but not bad either. But the movie, so it was a $57 million budget, and it grossed $19 million. That's not good. <laughs> it's not, not good. It's not what you want when you make a movie. Yeah, and like you said, it has a 53% score on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, and a 59% audience score, which both not not great, but I mean I will say that you know the crowd that it's a niche crowd that that watches that movie. Oh yeah, and we're definitely going to get into that. We're definitely going to get into that. Um, and so the guy that directed this, do you know who directed this movie? I I saw Scott Hurdley Headley. What's it's, his name? Stephen Herrick. You got the initials right. S-H. Yeah. Uh, I, knew, but, I, I saw it twice in the, in the credits. I was like, oh, the credits. I was like, oh, I should write that down. I just didn't. Okay. Well, this guy also directed one of my favorite childhood movies. Okay. I got a bunch of them, but... <laughs> so you could just start out there. Fucking Mighty Ducks, man. Oh, no shit. Yeah, Mighty Ducks. He directed Rockstar. Mighty Ducks or Rockstar? Oh, uh, Mighty Ducks came first. Oh, but, this yeah, is but, a oh, downfall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But tail end of his career. Yeah, but uh, pretty cool that he directed Rockstar and it. I mean, both pretty solid I, movies. So, so what you're saying is he cashed in with the first, the probably the best sports trilogy movies of all time. <laughs> I'm not going to say the, one of the best sports trilogies. I'm saying it is the best sports trilogy. I mean, right. another one, I, I, <laughs> Batman I mean, Bears or something. I mean, like, well, Rocky. But, then, you know, they made 10 of those fucking movies. Yeah, that doesn't count. Rocky I'm, won the best picture. Like, it won best no, picture. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying yeah. that Rocky isn't a great movie. I'm saying in terms of trilogies, uh, Mighty Ducks yeah, is I mean, the definitive Sports. No, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I can watch D two every day and still think it's fucking awesome. Uh, it's great, great movie. But I mean, he definitely. I mean, now that you say that, like he, he, you know, he came, it came in hot, and then he's like, <laughs> "I'm making a rock star movie." Where's Marky Mark? <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> my final thing I have written here. Did you know that this was loosely based on a real guy? What? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, on this 
on the internet, it says, as anyone who follows heavy metal or reads previews knows, Rockstar is loosely based on the true story of a salesman turned heavy metal frontman, Tim Ripper Owens, who was tapped to fill in as lead singer for Judas Priest when Rob Halford left the band. It kind of makes sense. Um, I'd have to delve more into Judas Priest. Are you a big Judas Priest fan? No, I mean, I I know I know like freaking the log. I know some of their jam, like living at the midnight. Like, I, I know some of their jam. Yeah, yeah, I know some of their jam too. But I'm, I don't, I'm a huge I don't, Judas I don't know the fan. I'm not yeah. looking at Judas Priest videos on YouTube. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, they, yeah, they're pretty good for their their hits and stuff. But I'm not like going out of my way to listen to I'm them all the time. I'll see them live if they're playing music festival I just happen to be at. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not uh, buying a ticket. Oh, shit, Judas Priest is here. Yeah, yeah. So, so those are just some interesting facts I learned just researching this this movie a little bit. Um, I mean, it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the scenes going through the movie that I thought were pretty great. Um, one of the first ones, the tribute band battle in the parking lot at the Steel Dragon show. Now, I think I texted you about this when I was re-watching it. Imagine going to a concert and seeing, like, five dudes roll up dressed as the band that we're going to see. Like, what the hell would you... What would you think? I mean... <laughs> You gotta think that like people did like people like when they went to go see Kiss, they would one hundred percent dress up like that, Kiss. Okay, that's true. That's true. And Maybe. go and go to a Kiss concert. That's true. Maybe it's a product of the of the time. Cause now if I see if I saw that like I don't know if we went to see the Smashing Pumpkins and we saw somebody dressing as Billy Corgan, wouldn't you be like? What the hell? I mean, maybe people do do. I, mean, I don't know. Would any relatively older, white, kind of chunky, bald guy look like Billy Corgan at this point? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like just a, like it, in this movie, though. It wasn't just one dude dressing up as right, one guy. The whole it was band. A band. I mean, Not only was it the whole band, there was a whole other band. <laughs> dressed as them too. I actually, I, I wrote down. I wrote down one of the lines uh, when they see them like tear off the the like the first, the one guitar player turns around and goes, "I thought I smelled pussy," and then he sees the other band. And I didn't realize how raunchy the thing was. Uh, like, there's a lot of scenes like down, that. Like, uh, and they go back to. Scene is like when the two fake guitar players are like holding each other. I guess we're called cloaks or robes. Like they off my sweater, bro. Bro, <laughs> off my sweater. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and if you watch the flight escalates, and then Jennifer Aniston, you can see clearly doesn't know what to do in the scene. It's just whether to start slapping one of the guys in the back. Yeah. Marky Mark calls out the leather jacket. Have you ever seen a jacket with red lapels? Yeah, that yeah. was a great scene. And the thing that I love about that scene is it shows how how serious he is about being Bobby. His name's Bobby Beers, Bobby right? Beers. Yeah. How serious like he delivers. 
that line and then one of our lines, which I'm sure we'll get to later, with the same like enthusiasm. Like no, 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 no. Like really fast, he says it like in like, a higher pitch of voice. He, so he's so confident. He's like, "Have you ever seen Red Lapel?" Yeah, yeah. He's like super confident about it. He knows exactly what Bobby Beers would be wearing. So after that scene, though, they go to they skip over to um, playing one of their shows with the. Mark Wahlberg's family is in the crowd, and Jennifer Aniston is out there. And the, blood, the, the blood pollution show in the refinery. Yes, yeah, that song, "Blood Pollution." Like I thought, "Stand Up and Shout" was the song, and then watching the movie again, I'm like, this song is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, but I mean, you only hear, I will say I agree now, because after watching it, you hear Stand Up and Shout like 17 times during this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right, dude, I've, I've heard Stand Up and Shout enough. It's, give me something different. Yeah, like, no, don't I get agree. Right. Stand Up and Shout, like, absolutely banger, but you, it, 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 they play that song every clip that he's on stage live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so the thing I love about that scene, though, is... Mark Wahlberg's character, what the hell is his name? Chris? And then he goes by Izzy Izzy later on. Yeah. Yeah. Again, going back to the point. Yeah. Going back to the point that he's such a perfectionist, he doesn't even want his guitarist to, like, fucking shred at all. That guy, like, start Timothy Oliphant, he starts shredding, and he's like, hey, man, what the hell are you doing? Dude, it reminds me of... When Michael Jackson, do you remember, it was in 2001, it was like the day before the World Trade Center uh, terrorist attack happened. They had this Jackson 5 uh, thing in New York where there was a concert, and uh, one of the Jacksons kept going, you down with OPP? And Michael Jackson turned to him, he's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? That is not part of the song. It it was fun, and it re- so it reminded me... Uh, of that watching the movie uh because mark Wahlberg is like turning to the guy like hey man daddy what are you doing ripping into this solo and then uh the guy's basically like fuck you i'm gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna do like, it anyway fuck you. yeah uh, they don't they don't care the fans don't care i no. care <laughs> i care i care yeah uh but one of the bigger flaws of this movie though is so mark Wahlberg gets pissed and he takes his mic stand and he shoves it at the amp and the amp just like explodes. That shit would never yeah. happen. I mean, no. we've played a million say, shows. <laughs> you will yeah, say I mean, I've, 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 really, I've poured beer down amps on, like, on the inside of the amp on stage before and nothing's happened. Uh, yeah. I will say that when, when he does the shredding thing, that's where, like this whole movie I think is pretty good with the playability of making it look like they're playing, that's where they lose it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That most of the time they do look pretty solid playing and singing and stuff. That solo is like, dude, he's like going up and down the fretboard. It's yeah. like, dude, you ain't touching any screen <laughs> strings like, right now. This movie right there, it's like nothing's happened there because he like... Yeah, no, but, that yeah. was that was unrealistic as shit. Um, 
he pulls the cable out and the sound guy's like, what happened? Like, dude, if you're a sound guy, you know exactly what Exactly what happened. happened. Yeah. What kind of sound guy are you? <laughs> what do you mean? What you know, happened? I, you know, I, I also hate about that performance is, like, he starts talking in his normal Mark Wahlberg voice, and then he has to go into the English dude, accent. Dude, I noticed that shit, but too. Dude, like, bro, everyone knows that you're not Bobby <laughs> Pierce. You're, you're from fucking Pittsburgh. You're not from England. Like, what? yeah, what was that all about? It's like you either got to commit fully or don't at all. Like, right. you can't go back and forth. It doesn't make like, any that doesn't make any damn sense. If, like, you all uh, we were playing a show like in Boston and your bullshit Delaware Philly accent just dropped into a Boston accent, <laughs> so. <laughs> that would, that'd be pretty fucking funny. Like that, I mean, yeah. It'd be funny for the four of us on stage in the band. Yeah, and yeah, then, and then they, everybody else would be like, "What a fucking you know, loser! What are they? What are they doing? Yeah, like, what the fuck this guy doing? <laughs> like, yeah. he just, like changing change to a shirt as a four leaf clover on, so I'm talking like a Boston dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's uh, exactly, exactly what he does. I, mean, I wrote that down. because like, I'm like, why would you? Why, why would, would you do that? Do that? Yeah, why don't do that? Don't do that. Um, so this leads to a civil war. Well, not it's basically just the lead singer versus the rest of the band, and Stephen Jenkins right. coming in to take his spot in the tribute band. I will, what, dude. This movie paints Stephen Jenkins to be like a total fucking person. Oh yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And, and, his, and his and that's also his real voice. And it's Sucks in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and Stephen Jenkins, I love Third Eye Blind, man. He's a good singer, and like, but for this, it's like, dude, you ain't a heavy metal singer, man. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like this. Like, I, I mean, it reminds me of like I love, him, but I hate the way he sings it. It's Red Summer Sky, like in the when it gets like really rocking and like trying to scream. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like a false air. Yeah, it's a falsetto scream. Almost the things that I love about this scene is I feel like it resonated with me a little bit just because, you know, Timothy, the the guitarist, he's like one of his lines in this scene is crappy originals. I think hole and a half kicks ass and I'm proud of proud as shit to have written it. I'm, I'm <laughs> proud as shit to have written it. And then I love Marky Mark's always like, Oh, is that why I got somebody request for it? Like, shut yeah. him the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and then he uh, he comes back to him with a another great line. Shit, what what was it? He says something along the lines of, he's like, wouldn't you rather fail? Uh, oh, this is what he says. He goes, wouldn't you rather fail as yourself than succeed as some Bobby Beers clone? And right. then. Arguably one of the greatest comebacks in movie history. Yeah. I don't you write me a song about why in the hell I'd want to go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I also like, in, the, in that scene before, before Mark and Mark dropped the hammer that he just dropped, it's like each band member gets his one line in the movie. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Pretty much. And Stephen Jenkins is like, "Hey, man, I brought the PA system, and I can bring more things too." Like his yeah. contribution is just bringing a bunch of gear. Um, the thing that I, I mean, love about back on it, like, oh, go ahead. 
the thing that I love about that scene, though, is that, like, speaking about in terms of, like, our musical pursuits in the past or in the future or now or whatever, like, I would rather die or fail as as ourselves than playing, like, in a freaking cover band, basically. And, I mean, I, I think that's I, what we had. It, yeah, and we had the amb- would, ambition for. Um, and because playing covers, it's like it's fucking soulless, man. I mean, coming from someone that's been in a, a very successful original band and a very successful cover band, like, obviously, I had way more fun in the original band. You relate more to Timothy's statement, you know, you and I have written and played songs that no one's like. Like, we've done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, like we've, we've played shows to zero people. Like, I get it. I know. Timothy, I feel you. But the cover band, I wasn't... Like that it was some of the easiest money that I've ever made in my life. Oh no, and that's what I was gonna bring up. It's like, dude, you just do it for the money. But that brings me to another funny ass line from the drummer. If you want to make it in this business, you gotta write your own tunes, bro. Which is yeah. not the case at all these days. Not no, at all. No. If you want to make it now, you better be in a cover band playing down. Or you better have um, <laughs> four or five people writing your songs for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I but, mean, like, for the cover band, like, I mean, the only thing I'm sad about the cover band is I've never had so many people sing along to a song that I was playing. But I was also playing, like, Soul Sister by fucking Trains. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it's tough to it's sometimes tough to bite your tongue during some of those songs. Some of the songs can be fun to play. Other songs it's just like, uh, this one again. Like one right. uh that I always hated that we played with Santeria. That song is boring as shit in my opinion. I I can't even listen to that song anymore. If it's on, I say, Can you skip the song? Or I go to I go, I fucking hate this song. And then everyone gets so offended. Oh, I love Stanover. You don't like Sublime? I go, dude, I have played this song, I don't know, 30 million times in my life. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done, dude. I'm done. So he ends Um, up leaving. (laughs) He ends up leaving the band. And then, like, two scenes later, he gets a call from his dream band to be like, hey, hey, you want to be the lead singer of the band? And it's just like, oh, yeah, click. Yeah, he doesn't believe it at first. Um, But then, you know, one thing leads to another and he's auditioning for him and he gets the gig. And uh, I mean, that's pretty fucking crazy. At first, I'm like, man, that shit wouldn't happen. Apparently, it's based on a true story, though, like I had told you earlier. So, yeah, I mean, good. And and I mean, not even not only is it based on a true story, supposedly, this is kind of the story of the dude from uh, the lead singer of Journey, that karaoke singer that took out the Asian dude. Yeah, the YouTube, the YouTube guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean sort of, like it's it's almost exactly like that. I mean, the way that I mean, the way that it's funny that the way that the movie portrays it is like those two chicks were at like the, at the Steel Panther show, Steel Panther, excuse me, Steel Dragon show. Steel Panther comes in later. Steel Dragon show. Put the handout flyers. Sure. Like they say at the same time, like psychopath. Um, and then they're then they're at the live. They get the backstage pass, and then they're at the live show at the refinery, holding a camera that 
looks like it's from the 1974, and it's in 1986 or whatever year it is in the movie. And then the next scene is them out in L.A. in bikinis with Kirk Cuddy, the guitar player. Like, yeah. What series did their lives take? Hey, like, man, I guess that's just how it was in the business then. I don't know. I, I guess. I mean. They were the most 80s-looking people in the entire movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. De- it was definitely a very 80s-heavy movie. I think they did a really good job with painting that picture of the 80s hair metal-type vibe. Um yeah. I mean, they do it really good, like when he's in the like when he's fixing the printer, and the guy goes, "Are you wearing mascara?" And then his only defense is, "I'm in a band." <laughs> have you have you had to do that in your past when you wore two belts or something like that? Because well, <laughs> I, 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 I still wear two belts. I have two belts on right now. I have worn eyeliner in bands. Like, well, I did I did the cover band because when you would play bigger venues in the East Coast, like Secrets, as Secrets has a giant indoor hd and i went into this show thinking like they had a makeup artist come to the band's room and do everyone's makeup and i was like absolutely not no way i'm not doing that because i was an asshole when i was younger i kind of still am but now i'm a little more um and then i my the manager of the band took a picture of my face on it on the giant hd screen and i looked like a fucking zombie pizza face 14 year old (laughs) And I, he, was, he was, are you sure you don't wear any of this makeup? So I was like, send that lady back into the room. <laughs> fucking take it on. Dude, when they, like, obviously, and that's why actors are good. Cameras these days are insane. And they'll see every, everything, every square inch of your skin on your face. Like, if you think, if you miss the spot shaving, or you got a zit coming in, it is the biggest thing you'll see on the screen. Like, I, obviously, I don't, like. At the time, I wasn't sleeping a lot, so I had like it looked like I had two black eyes because I had two giant bags under my eyes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So like, I had, I, you know, I had like especially the first time I did it, like when my dad saw me, he's like, "Are you wearing fucking makeup?" And I was, "I am, yeah, I am, yep, a hundred percent, I am." You're in the band, man. You gotta like, wear makeup. And, and like it was kind of, it's, it's like you're in the. I mean. It's, and, like, I was so precautious about, like, you know, wearing, you know, clothes on stage that I would never wear, like, you know, just the, we, we had the whole, like, vest and tie thing in the cover band, which I hated wearing. Like, essentially, we wear business casual clothes on stage. And I was against wearing it. And then one of the band members and the band members was like, hey, man, mechanics put on shit when they go to work. You know, chefs put on chef gifts when they go to work. You're going to work, man. You got to wear a uniform. I was, all right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense when you say it like that. that so makes, when they that makes sense to me. It's like so, like, and you know, in 1980s, what the uniform was to be on stage was mascara, leather, yeah. hair, sweater. That's how it was. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see that until it was. I saw it firsthand. Like, you know what? I mean, that makes sense. Um. This brings up another question that I wanted to ask. Uh, the tribute band versus the cover band. And this is something that Mark Wahlberg brings up in the movie, too. He's, he's like, we're not a cover band, we're a tribute band. And you know what? I kind of agree with him. I feel like you got to put a little bit more effort into a tribute band. You do have to look like the guys. You got to hit the notes the exact right way. Um, and you got to be passionate about it more so than a cover band where it's like, 
here's the top 40. I don't really care about the songs necessarily. Right. I'll learn them, but I'll play them. Tribute band, it's like, dude, you're fucking dedicated, man. It's like, that's what you're I, playing. I, mean, I, I agree. There's a, uh, definitely a clear difference. I mean, when you go see a Kiss tribute band, you, those guys are all, let's bring up Kiss uh, from the third <laughs> time. They're all in the Kiss gear. Well, Kiss or like, so. I mean, the, <laughs> or like when you see, when Maya Rudolph does the princess, when she, her prince her band, she's wearing clothes that prince, like she dressed up like prince would dress up. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you see a cover band, like, there's a guy wearing a fucking V-neck on stage. Like, it's, it's just a clear difference. It's just different. It's just different. Right. I mean, if you hear, like, I mean, in a tribute band, you're not, you're not, uh, not there's no, you're not, adding, you're not modifying and you're not adding any fills. You're playing it to the record. Cover band, man, you could throw in a little two-count fill right there, bang, no one cares. No, no one, one cares. No. no one cares. No one cares. Like, I mean, you go see, you should go see, uh, you know, like a Led Zeppelin tribute band, you want to see the guy play the double neck SG and you want to wear a Led yeah. Zeppelin t-shirt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You want it, you want it to be spot on. And that I respect right. Mark Wahlberg for in this movie. Uh, I don't respect him talking down to the guitarist when he's like, yo, nobody wants to hear your shitty <laughs> original songs. But that comes back around at the end of the movie. Let's let's go back into the middle of the movie though, where uh, he gets the gig and uh, what? Are we not going to address the fact that we're not just it was the lead singer of Steel Panther who went out before him in the in the oh, vocal what? crowd? No way, was it? Yeah. So when he walks in, Mark Wahlberg walks in, and he goes like through the gear, and when he goes into the recording room, that's the lead singer of. Uh, Steel Panther, who's singing before him, and they actually use his, his real name is Ralph, and they say, "All right, Ralph, that's enough," and then he walks out. That's the lead singer, Steel Panther. Okay, that's funny that you say that because I watching this movie, I'm going, this movie came out in 2001. The name of the band is Steel Dragon, and there's a band called Steel Panther that came out a little bit later. Were they inspired yeah. by Steel Dragon to be called Steel Panther? I was saying that, well, and also, the lead singer of Steel Panther was, uh, he's from Hollywood, and uh, I think his name was Ralph Sandoz. He was in a, a Van Halen tribute band where he was called David Lee Ralph. He was in L.A. Guns for a little bit, and then uh, Steel Panther for Steel Panther was a band called Metal School that was obviously huge. They played some the triple time, they played Vegas all the time, and then I think VH1 that roast of Gene Simmons and they were the house band. Oh wow. Dude, and then they went and they <laughs> I've seen Steel awesome. Panther a couple of times live. Incredible show. The musicianship of that band is insane. Right now they have a great thing on Instagram which is called What Fucking Day Is It? And they tell you what day it is and it's incredible. The thing that I love about Steel Panther is that they like they're making they're making a joke, but they love music that they play it like it might be jokey but they take it dead serious they are taking it dead serious too it, what they're playing I mean, they definitely it, respect the music and you can tell because they wouldn't they be that good if they did it now i mean it's an it's an incredible show their jokes are hilarious 
about like you know dealing a lot of drugs and things like that and like you know and then if you, the best is like when you go on stage and like you can tell it's their first time event and they like they rip the sound guy apart and it gets so fucking funny. Yeah, it it sounds funny. Their their uh their albums are really funny. Um, so I mean, they... yeah, they're <laughs> back to the back to the old thing over here. So yeah. I, I know that is my favorite, one of my favorite things, and I think this line might get over. Like people don't catch it is when uh they're doing the interview where he comes out with Izzy. And they asked, how'd you get to sound like Bobby Beers? He goes, you know, he eats a lot of pussy. And then it cuts to his parents. Yeah. And then she goes, like father, like son. Like, father. like are you? What the yeah, fuck? But, and then, but then his dad follows up with, that's my boy. What the Dude. I do not remember this shit being in the movie. And then, and then, and then his brother who's in another great music movie. We're going to get back to that. He's like, Mom, Dad, like, what the hell? His brother's sitting there going, who says what was, that? What was it? Was it rated R? Like, how Like, how can this let it This movie had to be a hard rated R. After watching it again, like, the original, the first time, like, I thought seeing this before, like, there was, like, a couple... Uh, nude scenes with you know topless chicks or whatever, but it was like way more over the top than what I remember. And uh, uh yeah, so his brother in that scene. Do you know what other mo- great music movie he's in? He's in the Wedding Singer. Yeah, man, Glenn Gulia. Yeah, Julia. He's, Gullier. He's, that guy's, he's, he's, he's actually made a comeback. I forget what movie I saw, and I was like, no shit, that is that guy. But <laughs> that I mean, guy. Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer is one of my favorite movies of all time. Fun about Wedding Singer is when they had, uh, obviously, I live in Chicago. We had the Polar Vortex, and I had I was flying from Philly back to Chicago. I was one of, like, three people on the plane. I had one row to be myself. I played from 7 a.m. I ordered a double rum and, double rum and Diet Coke at 7.30 in the morning, and the, the stewardess sits down in her own and watches the Wedding Singer with me. Oh, sweet. That's a good... Dude... <laughs> We'll have to talk about that movie on another episode because that's an awesome that's an awesome right. music movie. Um, uh, and then so, like, so later later in that night, line is he's talking in his English accent and Jennifer Aniston hits him with the "Don't talk about it, be about." It. Oh my god! Yeah, that was another. He, this movie was raunchy, man. I don't. I did I not remember it being that raunchy. I think the first one of the times I saw it, it was on TV. So obviously, all this shit was, uh, you know, it was, you know, bleached out or whatever. Is that where, do you think you watched this the first time, like on cable TV or something, maybe? Oh, I don't know. I'm, the first I'm a, time I watched I'm it. I'm 100% sure the first time I saw it was on, like, VH1. I couldn't tell you how old it was. I remember that, like, I remember liking it because that song Rockstar by Everclear played at, on, the, on, the, on the credits. Dude, I and think I, I texted you this. This movie has got a sneaky good soundtrack, and it's not just all hair metal bands. Like fucking Talking Heads, Once in a Lifetime comes up in one part. I'm like, this is uh, a not good song. Like, I, I love that. I love that NXS Devil Inside is playing the entire Death time. They're on the, like, another good song. Yeah, there's tons of Death Leopard. There's tons of Motley Crue. I like all that. Uh, my next note here is when they're doing the live performance during Blood Pollution. They're playing. They're oh, first of all, they're opening up the song with Blood. 
his dad's favorite song. Ask if he's playing the song when he sees him earlier in the movie live, and he opens up with it. That's kind of cool. Like if you if you follow the pieces, um, the dude fucking slips. Yeah, no, I have this in my notes too. When he slips and he gets back up, that's like a turning point in the movie. Like where he's like, "All right, I just gotta own this shit," and I feel like uh, that is a a moment for bands where it's like fight or flight basically you know because this is this shit has happened before i'm thinking of uh one of our favorite bands taking back sunday where the bassist got hit in the head with a microphone gets back up and just starts playing uh dave grohl didn't something happen to him where he He broke his leg in three places in the suite yeah and uh it's a turning point in the movie where he's like, shit, I just got to own this because I'm the new guy. And he gets up there and just, just kills it. I think it is it in the same concert where he goes back to get the fire hose, comes out and sprays down the and he, bring back Bobby. The guy, <laughs> yep. He says, bring back Bobby. And then like after the, like, the show, he was like, what's the baby? He holds a bottle of like, Johnny Walker. Like, you were demented out there. <laughs> You were demented out there, man. Yeah, that was a corny yeah. line. <laughs> I was like, is that even a compliment when someone tells you that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that a compliment? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was, no, that um, was funny, though. That was a funny part. Uh, I will say, like, during that scene, the, the, the on stage scene after the fall, the playability of the movie is spot on because, I mean, that's Zach Wilde on guitar. The guy with the Zach Wilde. It was? I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, we're recording now. You, we were talking about the the fall, and you were bringing up how Zach Wilde is actually the guy playing guitar in the... So, I did some research, and there's actually a lot of stars in the movie Rockstar. Obviously, we all know Stephen Jenkins is in the movie. We all know Ralph Sandoz from Steel Panther is in the movie. Um, we all know... That now, now I said that Zach Wilde wow. is the guitar player in that movie. I looked it up. Uh, Jason Bonham is the drummer of uh, Steel Dragon. That's a fact. Oh, wow. Um, John Bonham's on you. Yeah. And so I looked up who else were the rock stars in Rockstar. So um, the guitar player the other in the, in the Blood Pollution tribute band is a name Nick Cantonese. He is. He was the guitar player for Black Label Society, which is okay. Zach Wilde's band. Gotcha. Uh, a, the drummer of Blood Pollution, the tribute band, was a guy named Blas Elvis. He is the drummer of Slaughter, and he's also the drummer for the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Okay. And then the bass player who plays in uh, Steel Dragon is Jeff Pilsen, who was the bass player for Dio and Dokken. Oh, wow. Now, see... So, go ahead. So, I mean, everyone in the band, minus the guy that plays Kirk Cuddy and obviously Chris Cole, Mark Wahlberg, are all for real musicians. musicians. So they should look like they're playing the part because they probably are actually playing all, the shit. All those guys, uh, the soundtrack... Of the movie to all the Steel Dragon songs. Those were real songs that they recorded. Wow. That's impressive. So that's why the playability, which is, I mean, I, I, except for that one scene in the refinery where Tim and 
fucking yeah. doing this. Yeah. The playability spot on because those are the guys that wrote the music. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense that he's the one guy that doesn't look legit because he's a actor. Actor. And he was not, uh, a, guitar not, not a guitar player. He was really good in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too, recently. Um, great movie. No, not a music not, movie. Not what we're talking about. Not what we're talking about, but another great movie. Um, having the rock stars in the movie Rockstar, you know, you know, just the fact that you actually had... I mean, 1985, Zach Wilde was not the biggest rock star of all time. Yeah. Neither yeah. was Jason Bond. Jason Bond well, still here, is not that rock and roll. But. The main dude in Steel Dragon, not the lead singer, but the main guitar. Did you say that he is a Kurt real? Buddy? Yeah, no, or is Kurt he an actor? Buddy, he, he is an actor. He's okay. the only guy in the band other than Chris Cole who is an actor. Okay. I was going to say, though, like, even if he is just an actor, that guy gives me Brian May vibes. <laughs> Maybe it's just his hair, but he looks exactly like Brian, Brian May. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just continuing to go through the movie, though. So he falls off the stage, gets up, kicks ass, you know, and then it's like, all right, we're off to the races here. Um, and then Jennifer Anderson's character just kind of gets shoved to the side. It's like, like back uh, one of the scenes that comes up later on, uh, you know, I'm going to say this too. The first half of the movie is a lot better than the last half. I'd say. <laughs> I would agree with you. I mean, it's, it, it definitely, just like that director's career, it starts off real strong. <laughs> So it's it real yeah. right back down. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, that, that, whole, that whole Seattle scene is horrible. Well, I will say that, that the whole, like when he's like, he buys the Batmobile and then he, his fucking motorcycle down the hallway. It's like, all right, man. And then like the whole mom, the whole Motley Crue thing where the, uh, he flips the room onto the roof. Like that's like, yeah. all right, man, like yeah, you're like, just right. paying this picture. That the thing that I, true, like, not true at all. Yeah, that stuff was like, uh, okay, who cares? And the scene, like, but the scene thing- that happened a couple before that, when they were like partying after the show, and there was like a ton of making out and stuff. I'm like, all right, we get it. It's like, I don't know, man. It, it didn't, it didn't like hit the right notes for me. I like the only thing that I like, I like, I hate about that is with our experiences of being in bands and like do our like our little mini tours, like the little like it was. That's never. I mean, it might be the time period, that was never the case. Yeah. So one thing that did remind me of us being in the band was the scene where they get on the tour bus and it's like, oh, we're going back there to write some songs. And then he gets on the bus. It's like, hey, you want to do some lines? Not that we would ever, not that we were doing lines or any like hardcore drugs, but we would go to practice sometimes. It'd be like, all right, I guess we're going <laughs> to drink some beer and just screw <laughs> around. Waste instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely, I mean, we had that, like we said, I, we probably watched this movie during like our whole like two month R&D situation. Yeah. We just like, you just turned 21, so you can buy us all beer. All of us just drink and watch movies about music. Yeah. And watch, like, concert DVDs. Concert DVDs, yeah, that I would 
burn. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty much From it. For, pirate it was, not, was not to the level that they took it in Rockstar because those guys yeah. actually were rock stars, right. so to speak. Like, I mean, um, like, you know, and then it, it'd be funny if we did The Dirt, the Motley Crew would be like, yeah, those guys did that in real life. Have you watched that movie? I have. Was it good? Have you not watched that movie? No, I haven't. It looked kind of oh. bad. I don't know. I hear the book is good. Why don't we save that for another episode, then? Okay. <laughs> let's, let's just save that for another one, because I've seen it. I, I watched it. It's pretty, uh, uh, another one that's pretty raunchy. Yeah, it's uh, on Netflix, and it's 2020, so you can just literally do whatever. Yeah. I guess the game is 2019. Um, so I only have a couple of notes left. I have, uh, I kind of skipped over the whole Seattle thing and the girl, like, she's like, hey, you should strip it chubbies because it's, that's like, exactly not great. That's what I did, too, because, like I said, the beginning half of the movie is great, and then the last half is just sort of, like, eh, kind of whimpers. Um, I think an important, go ahead. Okay, I, I do like this. I'm now. I'm like. I'm cutting towards the end of the movie. I do like the little story that him and Matt have in the bar. The, like, the I, guy. What is that? His name? Matt's. I don't even. Matt. Movie name's Matt. He and you know what's funny is uh the the low the right the font on his hoodie is the Mortal Kombat font, which is the same font we use for our band's first T-shirts. God, that's funny as shit. Nice. But uh, I do I do like that scene, the guy talking about basically like, hey, you know, I had a wife and then I was taking a piss and I was like, you know what, do I want to do I want to continue with this or do I want to join a rock band as a manager and uh, he just, go and crazy? He just, dude, he just fails. It's like, are you, I mean, I respect it. Like, you know, he was like, am I going to fucking settle and be like this fucking nobody or am I going to fucking roll the dice, man? That's I. Well, the thing is about that scene, like, I respect both sides of the coin, kind of, because he sounds like he's kind of, uh, he kind of has regrets about it a little bit because he sees his wife later on and he's like, yeah, she's happy. And I mean, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't have so many regrets, but talking to uh, Izzy, Mark Wahlberg's character, he's, he's going shit man my girlfriend was jennifer aniston what the hell am i doing right. i mean like i yeah i will say that i mean i think other than the whole seattle thing where like jennifer aniston's definitely being super serious and he's talking she's talking to a very wasted chris cole indy mark Wahlberg. uh that is the realest part of the movie and to purpose like i have i i i've that hit, it hit me so hard like you know I got up and fucking bounced. Like I'm in a different state now. It's my my the third state I've lived in the last ten years. Yeah. And like you know when I was I went to Amsterdam and there's a bar called uh, Tales and Spirits and they have a drink called What If and uh, it's a delicious drink. If you're ever in Amsterdam, please go there and order it. And they they bring it with a little pen and a little piece of paper. And the concept is you write down in a situation like What If and you decide which What If like. You you write down the question that you thought you asked yourself. What if? Oh, that's pretty interesting. And like you know, my what if was what if I said no? And like when I was offered to go to Tennessee when I was over there in Chicago, what if I said no? 
then our band would have so, made it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might have. I mean, is it, I mean, no, I, I, I don't know that we would. I don't know. Uh, I kind of lost um, motivation, but, and I think we all kind of lost motivation. And uh, no, maybe, maybe it'll turn around at some point. I don't know. It's 2020, man. Uh, Shit's getting well, weird. It's getting weird. I mean, we, could, we probably could do a little something. Yeah, I, mean, I, w- I want to. I definitely want to. Yeah, um, yeah But yeah. Like that that reminds me of the you know the guy who was taking piss and he had that what if situation. Like he thought about like, am I gonna settle? Yeah. Not you know I'm not talking shit on anyone who like who has settled, but uh, am I gonna settle? Am I gonna fucking roll the dice? Am I am I gonna go with this? Like even I'm not. I'm not they didn't go into saying if that was an option. Of the rock and roll band, and he just decided that he did not want to do that. He thought that his life was more than what he was doing, which is, I mean, which is a very cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I do like that he he was, you know, a couple of kids. He could have been me, and like, I mean, I kind of let things a couple times when I see my friend like you, one of my best friends in the entire world, living a phenomenal life. You're doing. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> most of the times. <laughs> no, no, things are pretty good. No, I don't. No, when I say that, I don't have any regrets of what I've done. I have, I have a little regrets with our band and when it broke up, sorta. I wish that we, kind, dude. Do you know that our literal last show before the reunion show was. When Tim turned 21, it was that well, was the last show. We, How no, funny we is played that? that? We played that one at one show at the Logan House with, <laughs> as a three piece, and that's when we decided we're like we cannot play as a three piece. Right. What I meant to say was full band show was when Tim turned yeah. 21. That, and that I, was a yeah. terrible show because I was wasted. <laughs> I still had fun at that show, and uh, I don't have any regrets. About, I don't have any regrets about that. That was a great day. I couldn't even put my drums together. I was so drunk. Let's get back to the movie. So, <laughs> so, so my, my last, I have that's all, all my notes are covered, and the last thing that I wrote about the movie is that. Um, well, let's let's talk about before the last scene is like. Uh, he and he takes a truck ride to Seattle, which is insane. First of all, they don't tell you the last city the show was in. So you have no idea where he's at. No, no. Uh, but then, uh, so I had I had like, a question. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I had a question about that. Uh, he and Timothy Oliphant's character, old guitarist in his original tribute band, both of them now looking like are they moving into the grunge? Phase because that's what they're dressed like. I would say they're one hundred. Well, I mean, it's it's playing from the eighties to the nineties. But they're going I mean, to Seattle in Seattle, and they're both wearing fucking flannel. Uh, and they're like, he's playing. I like. I like I how he's playing acoustic guitar in a park, and then the guy from fucking Pittsburgh is just magically in Seattle. Shows up, yeah. Um, or Jennifer Anderson who also happens to be be there. Maybe they wouldn't be such a grunge band, the two of them, but more like a post grunge band, like a like a Gin Blossoms or something. Because the softer acoustic, I feel like 
I don't know that they were going to go into that depressing grunge sound. What do you think? Um, what I wish that well, so like relating back to the last recording scene before he walked off stage, like the rap metal thing they had going on was not good. That shit was awful. I don't even know what the hell uh, he was saying, but that was terrible. I also like in like one of the scenes, like the lines was like bitches and hoes and I got clothes. And then the very 30 seconds, not even later, the, the lyrics are completely different. Um, was that really that big, one of the lines in the movie? He says in the, one of the like bitches and hoes and got clothes. And then like, that's when it cuts off. Is like, what are you doing with your hands? And they go, just sing the song the way that it's written. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, yeah, man, this song's good. And you're like, no, it's not. No, it's Uh not. And, yeah, in that that scene, that's where he decides. He's like, the bail, yeah. Wait a minute. That ain't, this is not what I want to be doing because this is, uh, the whole message of the movie is like to be yourself, basically. He wants to be somebody else, but then he learns along this journey, like, wait a minute, I actually do want to write some of my own songs. This is bullshit. I don't want to be just a hired gun. And I I like the song, the, you know, I, let's call it, I don't know the name of the song, I wish I could be colorful, I guess is the name of the song. I think it's a good song. The lyrics are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, you know, I'm not listening to that every single day. I'll listen to no. it, like, when I'm drunk. When I'm drunk, I'm like, yo, listen to this jammer. Like when I, like the same way that I pull out like some when I like, song. Have, you know, I have some drinks and I'm like, yo, fucking dude, check out um why well, can't I think of a band of the name that I've been listening to and I'm drunk sometimes. <laughs> um <laughs> You've been listening to a specific band when you're drunk? Well, I they put on YouTube videos. The guy who produces Blue Two albums, Goldfinger. Oh my god, Goldfinger. Yeah, I like Goldfinger though. Goldfinger's a good band, and they they, they put like these quarantine videos that were like, I've they, seen they them. Zoom call. Yeah, and, like and you look, these songs are good. And like a couple days ago, a week ago, uh, obviously my girlfriend has a full time job that she works from, home, and I do not. So I play video games. I play Madden, and I we put on '90s alternative mix, and it was just full of bangers. Nice. I like that. For, like. Four hours. Here's um, something though. I like Goldfinger, but uh, the main guy, John Feldman, I don't like him as a producer. He produced the new Blink albums and shit, and he's like he overproduces. I think. What's that? Really, I think he's fantastic. Overproducing. I I like the original Goldfinger stuff. Keep it as it is. The new stuff is it's good, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'll have to go back and listen to it. But uh, back to the movie. Uh, my final note is uh, that Mark Wahlberg, Chris Cole slash Izzy, loves walking off stage. Does he walk off stage a lot in this movie, do you think? Well, he walks off stage to tell Matt, like, when he quits Steel Panther, I mean, Steel Panther, me, Steel Dragon, uh, he quits, I think it fits, and then... He played in the show, like his only show they show with the, I guess, the alternative band. Yeah. And uh, he sees Jennifer Anson's character. He's, he goes, I'm going I'm to go talk to her. Like mid song. Mid song. Yeah, that is true. And like the band's still playing in the background, and then he's having a conversation. 
That is true. And then he just yeah, hands off the to the other guys like it's your turn now. Is that the Hey man, the, just just jam it out while I do my own personal thing that has no effect on this band whatsoever. <laughs> and then this isn't even the last song of the night. I'll get back on and finish. I'll the get back on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty funny. So, um, like, if you think about that, like, I mean, I know I, I've walked off stage one time because I got way too drunk before a show and I was going to piss my pants during the show. Uh, and I went to the bathroom and came back, and I was going to come to every stage. And I will, I did it one time, and I will never do it again. It's like so one unprofessional. It's like, not a again, good look. When we, when you, when people know when bands go on stage, that is their job. They're going to work. To touch on what we said earlier in this episode, um, it all, you'd also just look like a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, you can't hold it for another 20 minutes, cuz? Like, come on. I think, no, I completely agree with that. And I think that's something that I personally might have taken for granted when we had our band um, to not take it as seriously at the time whereas now i'd be like hey how about like fucking work on some more songs or something and not just drink all the fucking time it's like yeah you know what i mean at the time though you're just like oh fuck it this is what rock stars do man and that's what they show in the movie too though so (laughs) it was fun though i don't know like we i mean again one of one of the best times of my entire life um this movie does paint a terrible picture for younger musicians because that's not how this works whatsoever. No, especially not now. Right. I um, mean, yeah, I don't think this shit is happening at all. No, it, this will, it will never. I mean, the, the journey guy is, will, is the last of this ever happening. Well, I'm thinking in terms of the partying aspect and everything, and maybe they do have parties now. I mean, they probably do, but like now it's like you got to make sure your the fans and groupies' cell phones are confiscated and all that type of right. shit. Whereas back then, I it's mean, like, I, I, no holds barred partying, and nobody, you know, it right. doesn't I mean, matter. I, I have worked uh, parties in my in my current line of work uh, in the restaurant industry where. Cell phones are not permitted. I've worked parties where yeah. you could not bring your cell phone. I believe it. I mean, that's just how it has to be now because everybody's trying right. to, you know, post shit left and right. And it's like, dude, and we're trying to just have a a fun time, a private fun time, right. and you're trying to blow us up here. I don't get that. And if you and if you want after this done recording, I will tell you about that party because it is insane. Um, <laughs> But I will say that I will give Rockstar, uh, I mean, I'm a very, I love this movie. I like watching it. I like watching the kids. I love Marky Mark in almost most of his movies. I mean, out of 10, you want to do, you want to rank it out of 10? Well, hold on a second. I'll back up real quick. At the very okay. end of the minute, so he gets back with Jennifer Aniston, right? I think right. that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, um, the, oh, you look great. You I look great, he, too. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think he ends up in like some kind of gin blossoms type band. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I'm thinking, but, I'm thinking more of a sound garden. No, Soundgarden, yeah, Soundgarden. something like that. Something a little softer than Nirvana or some heavy. Nineties alternative Seattle yeah, band is what he exactly. Um, but a, a little bit at the, the credits, what song plays in the credits? Oh shit! I actually I I I thought about writing this down and I didn't. 
Uh, oh, Rockstar by Everclear plays. Yeah, but then there's another song afterwards during the bloopers that's kind uh, of uh, it's kind of meta. I, I, that's what I want to say. I, I didn't write it down. Okay, well let me tell you, it's uh, "Good Vibrations" by Marky Mark and, and the Funky Bunch. And the, and the, and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> yeah, boys, how huh? funny is that? It's like you know, here's Mark Wahlberg starring in Rockstar, and here his song at when he was trying to be like a rap star i get was he rapping i guess i wonder if marky mark knew that before the final cut (laughs) or if he saw the movie and goes you motherfuckers but (laughs) i did he's like i did not want this fucking song in the movie Uh, i mean i will say that like that i mean the song's terrible but that did he put him in what boogie nights and that was the beginning of his acting career I think he acted in stuff before that. Basketball Diaries, he was younger in. Boogie Nights was, that's my favorite Marky Mark movie. I was, I, that's what the next day I went in is like, what's your favorite Marky Mark movie? You're going to go with Boogie Nights? You said, what, Departed? I mean, yeah, The Departed. I mean, come on. Great movie. He doesn't have as big a role, though. I mean, if you want to go bigger roles, I mean, this is my personal opinion. It might not be like his highest ranked movie. I love him in his Lovely Bones. I don't know that I've seen that one. That's a good one, but I mean, I mean, the, the Departed. I mean, come on, Marky Mark. I mean, yeah, yeah no, he, he, no. Listen, Departed, awesome movie, and he's great in it. I'm just thinking smaller role, I, and I'm just uh, I'm partial to Boogie Nights. I don't know, great movies all around. You can't go wrong with your pick. Um, but back to what you were saying, though. Yeah, where do you what do you rate this out of? Yeah, we can go out of ten or. We can make it a music type thing. Do you give it an an A sharp or an A? Oh, I like I like that I like that I like that. Um, I mean, I have a lot of personal. I don't know. I mean, I obviously after watching the day, I'm not exactly sure why I did, but I mean, watch this movie younger as a younger person while I was pursuing music. I was like, yeah. hell fucking, fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was like, stand up and, and fuck yeah. Shout, um, and I will still play uh, stand up and shout like every once in a while. Um, I, I, I love this. I mean, I love eighties. I love eighties hair metal. I love the scream, the stand up and shout. Like when he like just fucking lets yeah. it rip. I'm really into that. Uh, it is weird seeing Mark Wahlberg do that in all yeah. leather. Kind and of a weird fucking choice. Fucking dragons like. and shit on his uh, leather jacket. Um. I want to give it a a B sharp, maybe an, again. Sure. A, like I, like I mean, it. personally, I love this movie. I will watch it anytime it's on. Um, I, it, depending on what my day schedule is like, if I was like hungover, I would, no matter what I was doing, it'd be the first movie I put on. If I was like, oh, I got an hour and a half, I to kill, I probably yeah. wouldn't put on. I got but you. I saw if it was if it was on HBO and I was by myself, I'd watch it immediately. Yeah, I think earlier you were saying you think you you saw it on VH1, and I now that when you said that, it reminded me of what their segment was. It was called Movies That Rock, and I think this yep. probably was one of those <laughs> movies that I definitely. I mean, that was like the original music movies channel, pretty much. Um, 
that, like, I didn't know that about this movie at all. Obviously, it came out in 2001. I was 11 when it came out. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this movie until later in my life uh, when I was playing music full time. And then I saw a movie called Rock Show. I was like, oh, I should probably watch this. This makes, I mean, this is my, my life plan in the movie right here. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, no. It's a good movie. I'm going to give it, I'll probably give it a C sharp. Ooh, a little low, huh? I, I listen, I. It's good. The second half of the movie, like I love the first half of the movie. The second half, I'm just sort of like, uh. And unlike you, I, like I respect. Rock is definitely my favorite genre of music, but when it comes to subgenres of music, I don't think hair metal is like in even my top five types of subgenres I will of rock. Say that I, I love hair metal, and it's not a thing that most people like. I mean, my girlfriend's from California, and we went on a California road trip, and like I want I wanted to make a California playlist of only bands from California, and I put a section, like almost an hour and a half of straight hair metal, and then she was just not about it. Like, I like the, the ones that kind of transcend, like Van Halen, I don't even know if you Guns would consider Guns and Roses. Yeah, if yeah, they're hair metal. Yeah, I like those. But other than that, I'm just sort of like, eh. and that kind of I feel is why I put a movie like That Thing You Do over top of Rockstar, which you would uh, disagree with me on, I believe. I would, and we should probably do an episode on That Thing You Do. Yeah, I will say that That Thing You Do is. That thing is a phenomenal movie. I, I mean, it was one of the first music movies that I've ever watched. I thoroughly enjoy it, but I it's would take 80 kind of over like 50s and 60s pop. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's more my style. Right. These like catchy rock pop uh, type music. It's very interesting that both That Thing You Do and Rockstar take place in the state of Pennsylvania. Is that? Yeah, it is funny. And we're like, well, you're not there now, but you're from Delaware. And, you know, near. And I'm I'm pretty sure that thing takes place in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is about a half hour outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where Rockstar takes place. Yeah, that is funny. Dude, it's a breeding ground for great tunes, I guess. I mean, not <laughs> a lot of good bands come to Pittsburgh. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I would um, love to do dive in that thing you do. Yeah. But, uh, Rockstar, Rockstar is, I, it, I mean, it doesn't age well. <laughs> in terms of if this movie could be made today? Or yeah. In terms of like... You, uh, this shit is not PC at all. Uh, it, Twitter would have a field day with the things that they say in this movie. That's for sure. Right. Uh, I think uh, that it can't be graded that way, though, because it does. It is a movie that takes place, obviously, in the 80s. And you just kind of got to take the it 80s, yeah. at the I time. Mean, you guys, and things things evolve and change. Yeah, that movie that movie ends in like nineteen ninety eight. Does it? Did it say nineteen ninety eight yeah, on no. there? If you, if you were to guess, I uh, I mean, it would go with my Gin Blossoms pick 
that that's the type exactly. of band. That they're they're <laughs> I mean, like 96, 98 type range where they're changing their music to like a an acoustic sort of thing. I would. I uh, I, I wish I did more research on the. I think the last song and the, the colorful song. I would love to see who wrote it. I think the lyrics in that song are very good. Yeah. Some, I, 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 you know, sometimes I can be colorful. Sometimes I could be gray. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like I'm into that. Hold on a second. I'm looking it up now. I think. It's I mean. Kinda, I think. I mean. That's probably one of the songs I would listen to by myself in a car. Never guess what the hell this is by. Who's it uh, by? It's by a. A 90s band that had a big song, but it had, like, one fucking big song, and that was about it. Vertical Horizon? Oh, you're close. It's another V band. The Verve? The Verve Pipe? pipe. (laughs) (laughs) Is that who it was? Yeah, it says, colorful, The Verve Pipe. Show is over, close the storybook, there will be no encore. It's. Yeah, I know I can be colorful. Like it. Yeah. For no the love of me, I cannot remember. <laughs> fight. That's not the verb fight. Yes, it is. Freshman. No, verb You're thinking. You might be thinking of um, bittersweet so symphony. Bitter, that's the verb uh, pipe. No, bittersweet symphony is the verb. The verb pipe is the freshman. For the love of me, that song. <laughs> I could never, yeah, okay. And so they also wrote "Colorful," which is arguably yeah. the better song than the freshman. <laughs> yeah, congrats! You wrote a better song in a movie that only no one's Ethan and I are talking about. <laughs> right, with the only yeah. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's funny that you <laughs> enjoy that song more than yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, I so. One of the main questions of this podcast, though, so what did you, you scored this a B sharp? Did you say it's a B sharp? Yeah, yeah. it's in the higher B for me. And I said C sharp, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, like it's good. The second half, I feel like kind of tailed off. And like I said, I just not into the hair metal type stuff. But that said, I respect it. And I think they did a good job with, um, with the soundtrack, number one, even though it wasn't all hair metal, the soundtrack, I think, was arguably better than just the the Steel Dragon-type songs. If I agree. Want, um, but one of the main questions I have is, does the music make the movie, or does the movie make the music? And basically, it's a question of, is the music better than the movie, or is the, or is the movie better than the music? I'm glad you asked that, Ben. Um <laughs> It was a very hard thing to decide, but I think that uh, and this is, I think, a, a very difficult question for this movie. I think I, so. I'm still on the fence before you even answer, actually. I think that the music makes the movie. Because the movie, a movie is good, but the music, and including not only the Steel Dragon songs, the music soundtrack, and the, the way that it was portrayed in the years that it was shot in. I think the music makes the movie because if it was if you didn't have eighty terminal, this movie would not be made. Yeah, I I'm gonna agree with you because I was thinking about it today. Before I rewatched the movie, I thought, oh, the movie 
definitely make some music. You know, I was thinking you and I could even come up with some stupid, you know, hair metal song like stand up and chat, you know, like song like that. Something simple. I and mean, okay. that, was, that was a fucking banger. I know. I, I don't want to disrespect <laughs> it like that. Uh, but after rewatching the movie, if I'm including the soundtrack, the music is better than the movie. I mean, yeah, including the Steel Dragon songs and including the soundtrack. Like I said, the soundtrack, we just went over the Verve pipe. You said it's better than their <laughs> than their only hit song. Than their only hit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would much rather listen to that song than Bittersweet. I, mean, I was actually I was, doing, yeah. I was doing a cooking expo. I'm a chef in real life, in case podcasts you want to know. Um, I was doing a cooking expo, and a the guy that was in charge of, I, he wasn't in charge. He owned the place that I was at, and he set the music, and Bittersweet Symphony came on. I was like, yo, can you change it to, like, anything else? Well, you're getting the bands wrong again, Keen. It That's the oh, verb. Shit. Verb pipe is Freshman. Freshman. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. They have the exact same fucking name. I know. It's a, yeah. I, I no. I get it. But I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the soundtrack though. Kiss, lick it up, in excess, devil Great inside, song. stranglehold, tattoo. You know, I'm not that a huge song. Bon Jovi fan, but living on a prayer, it's like, come on, you can't go wrong. Motley Crue, Wild hold Side. On. Watch the hold the phone. Uh, Live on a prayer was voted. The best song of the 80s. By who? Where? VH1. They did a whole 100, 100 songs of the 80s. Number two was Def Leppard Pour Some Sugar on Me. And there's a lot of Def Leppard in this movie, which I'm okay with. Is this best hair metal songs of the 80s? Or songs no, of dude. Best songs of the 80s. Well, I got some fucking problems with that shit. The I hell? got a lot of problems. I got a lot of problems. It's not a Prince song or a Michael Jackson song. It's fucking Bon Jovi living on prayer. Well, also, first of all, Desmond Child also wrote that song with Bon Jovi, and I'm convinced that Prince and Desmond Child wrote every song in the '80s. You're probably right. He wrote a lot of Meatloaf songs too, didn't he? At least I think. Uh, Desmond Child did. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my final answer though, is that the music does make the movie, especially with that soundtrack, it's got talking heads in it too. That's more a genre for me, the new wave, uh, all sort of genre. The the only new wave in that whole movie is talking heads and then in excess. And I wouldn't even consider in excess new wave. No, they're like, just like an alternative like weird like, sort yeah. of band. They're not hair metal though. Yeah, but, no, they. There was. I mean, I love. I mean, again, bands I love, Def Leppard, Molly Crew, were all over this movie. I yeah. also love they made a rat reference. I do. Oh enjoy yeah, 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 yeah. That. that was good. And uh, that guy commercial with rat right now is fucking hilarious. Have you seen that? The guy. Oh, it's like they're in a house. Like, oh, this house is perfect, but there's a huge rat problem. And then it's the band Rat playing round and round in the house, and it's fucking hilarious. Do you remember what the reference was to Rat in the movie? God, I forget what they said. Oh, I remember what it was. It was like 
they wanted him to record the song, and it's like we don't want to drop to a band like Rat or something, uh, yeah. something like that. Um, the other also, a, a band has the good gold records. Like it's not like they're a shit. I mean, they're they're kind of a shit band. They're they're probably a B plus band, B minus band at best. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah. One of my favorite like scapegoat scenes in the entire thing is obviously when they go when like they're in Seattle and Jennifer Aniston's going to and like she's like, oh, what's the P stand for? Pimp? Oh, personal personal friend. <laughs> like one of and what of and then when she says when Chris Cole's always like, hey man, uh, you're supposed to alert me when I'm in Seattle. He's like, oh, that's on me, dog. My bad. That's yeah, on me, up. dog. Yeah, he just he yeah. just takes he just takes it on the chest. I you know, I really just wish I had a fall guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. You'd be you'd like, be you know, like go. <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> man, you, you just hit the trash and then you can go, oh and like, oh you know <laughs> that's, that's on me. I, I was supposed you. to take care of that shit. <laughs> yeah. That was supposed to be my job and I didn't do it. That's my bad. Yeah. Uh, so Oh you got questions? Here you go. go yeah, on. a couple more. Uh, are there? Do you have a band that you would drop anything to just to do this for, like this guy did? I mean, I'm guessing you, I'm guessing you would. I, I mean, I definitely have a couple. I mean, I 100% have a couple. Uh, with my current ability, which is not nearly as high as it used to be, I used to be let's very, say, very let's good. Let's just say it was at your your peak ability. At my peak, uh, I mean, like. Fucking Blink-182 fucking called me. I'd obviously do it. Uh, I'm a huge Stuart Copeland fan. I'm not nearly as good as him, but if the police called me, I'd it's, answer. It's Travis Barker either, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I mean, yeah. I The realest thing that I can get is I could definitely do uh, Alkaline Trio. I could do Derek Grant. Oh, yeah. 100%. You could do Alkaline Trio. I think you could do a lot of these hair metal bands, too. I could 100%, 100% do every Motley Crue drum lick ever in the entire world. Yeah. So I've uh, been thinking of, yeah, I've been thinking about it too. And like, I'd obviously do this as well. I don't think that I would fill in for the lead singer of one of my favorite bands. So I feel like that's weird. You know what I mean? Well, no, I mean, I mean, I love your singing voice. I think you're very simple. Like, you can't sing the way that Vince Neil sings. No, no, and but I'm not even oh, saying that. Keep in mind, mind that Vince Neil cannot sing the way that Vince Neil sings. Things, <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm not even saying that. I'm saying it in terms of like me, like say I wanted to fill in for the lead singer of Taking Back Sunday, which I couldn't do because I couldn't hit those he notes anyway. Out of the well, yeah, he's incredible. I mean, he's one yeah. of the best I've ever heard. Yeah. But my point is. I hear those songs on CD or like on the computer or whatever a certain way. So if I'm singing them, I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be singing these. Adam's supposed to be singing these. You can't right. replicate the voice is what I'm trying to get at. What I you couldn't can, agree more. It, but I, I mean, that said, I would take over Eddie's role in Taking Back Sunday and just play that rhythm guitar power chords all day. And I, I mean, that's, that's, that's all it takes. That's all I do. Yeah, I mean, I can do that. In my line, I mean, as a drummer, you need to find a band that the drummer's not the showcase. Like Jimmy World, I can, I mean, phenomenal drummer. He does not get nearly enough credit. I can play every one of his licks. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think like Roger, Roger, Roger uh, says, phenomenal drummer. 
does not get enough highlight as much as he should, I can play everyone with like. I would I would take over Tom's role in uh, Jimmy World. That's if rock star movie starring Ben Young taking over Tom. I mean, Tom. you you sing one song a night. And, yeah, if, I can do that. If you play yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you play it exactly. Um, I've never seen him play live in the ten times I've seen them. So, my last question: Would you say this is your favorite music movie, or are there more that we got to get to? Um, I will say that it's hard to say. I, like, personal reasons alone, I love this movie. Like I said, I'll watch it if it's on. I don't know that I would stop my day to watch it. Yeah, but it's good. It's a good movie. Like I, and I think I, uh, watched, I watched the movie today for almost the entire movie. Let's say for the last twenty minutes, I turned on the Xbox and I started playing Madden. Yeah, I was doing other shit during the second half of the movie too. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I I wanted to watch it for this podcast. Um, and let's. But, I mean, again. <laughs> I don't think anybody is, li- you know, nobody's listening to this podcast anyway. But if you are, you probably have seen the movie, I would assume. If you haven't, I definitely go it. check it out. Right. Uh, but, but I, mean, I, I have a tie because I love Marky Mark. I love 80s hair metal. Uh, a band named Steel Dragon. I mean, I would go see. I mean, you see Steel Dragon open up for like fucking rat i'd go see because i also do enjoy rat but i've also also seen steel panther like five times yeah you're already seeing the steel band so you're there um not i i it i right now i cannot tell you what my favorite music movie is because there's so many ways you can you can you, I know you can tell what yours is Ben Young. I know you can tell. I got the poster on my wall over here that might need to be the next episode, then. Might have to save it. Maybe we'll do another uh, ex- obscure one. But. But anyway, overall, it's a good I, movie. It, I think you should check it out yeah. if you haven't seen it. Yeah, if you have, if you have not seen Rockstar, I would see Rockstar. If you are an aspiring musician, I'd watch Rockstar. If you are a halftime free in your free time play guitar, I'd see Rockstar. Um, it might not be, I, I would say it's top five, maybe top three music movies for me. It's not cutting the top five for me. I so, mean, <laughs> different shows, different folks, dude. I, yeah, that, I love- yeah, that's fair. It's fair. Now, I got another question for you, since it is our first episode. Do you consider a musical a music movie? I would say depending. Depending on the music of the movie. Like, is La La Land and That Thing You Do both musicals? Yeah. That Thing You Do, not a musical. La La Land is a musical, but definitely a music movie because they're not only performing the music as a musical, but they're both aspiring to be musicians. Okay, so... I have my definition of music movie, but so okay here, like here, okay, all right. So it's Grease and Nightmare for Christmas, both musicals. Yes, they are musicals. So is so Nightmare for Christmas can be considered a music movie. I'm considering it. 
And then, okay, so then La La Land, Grease, and Nightmare Christmas are all mystery movies. So does that make, like, the, is Lion King a music movie? Hell fucking yeah. Okay, awesome. this is a, a, a huge Listen. open door thing. Yeah. Because I, I, would, I would consider Grease a musical. I would consider La La Land and Nightmare for Christmas musical. Lion King, I think, teeters the line between drama and musical. It can so still, that make, it, music movie can still be a, a a drama or a comedy or this or that. This is my definition. A music movie is any movie that revolves around performing or appreciating music. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So if people are performing music, whether it be in musical fashion or not, I'm going to count it for this podcast especially because guess what? If we didn't include musicals, we'd run out of fucking movies real quick. Yeah, sure, real quick. <laughs> well, we could also do like we could do the other F word, which I think is an incredible documentary, which is about music. It's called The Other F Word. You haven't seen it? Oh. Oh man, it's well, it's sad. Uh, it's about punk rock guys like Fletcher from Pennywise is on it. Oh, wait. No, I have seen this. It's about the punk yeah. rock dads. Yeah. Punk I rock dads, yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. Shit. I, uh, I would consider this a music movie because it's about a bunch of musicians being dads. Yeah. But there's no positive way to talk about this fucking movie other than, hey, they're, they're great dads. They're, you know, they're good. The bands are good, too, but they're, they're good dads. Like, how did you talk out. about that? Yeah, we could figure it out. But anyway, any final thoughts on uh, Rockstar? Um, love Marky Mark. He loves walking on stage. Uh, I wish it was, I mean, the only downside is it's relatively, and I would say it's 86% relatable. But some of the shit just will never happen. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it was a good movie, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing this podcast, too. What do you think? I think we should do this for, I mean, just for you and I, just breaking down movies. All right. Well, Also, I thoroughly enjoyed it because like, we're hanging out again. We haven't done in probably yeah. four years. The last time we hung out was at Outback Steakhouse, and then you came over to my place for a little bit. I would and say this I movie said, is. The, I don't drink beer, and you guys upset. I would say this movie is the Outback Steakhouse of music movies. How would you feel about that if I said that? Um, I think it's a little better than the Outback. I mean, again, personal opinion. I think it's a little bit better than the Outback Steakhouse of movies. I'm just busting your balls, man. <laughs>